All right, Chris, you know that the Ontario government is going to be selling marijuana legally online uh, very soon. And because there's only 40 pot shops, they're going to be relying on those online stores for much of their sales and a lot of the money that they're going to make, a lot of the revenue from marijuana when we start buying it. But be very careful about how you buy. Lawyers are starting to point out that online shopping may actually affect your chances of being admitted into the U.S., even after marijuana becomes legal. We're joined now by a man who's been on the show before. Great guy, Len Saunders, immigration lawyer in Washington State. Welcome to the program, Len. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me on today. So this is all about if you buy on credit, Canadians' credit card data might be held in the U.S. and could be obtained by American authorities under the Patriot Act. So then when they uh, take a look at you and what information they have on you, they could see, oh, wow, you just bought weed and you told us you, you don't smoke marijuana. Exactly. And the big difference between buying marijuana in the United States, especially where I am in Washington State in Canada, is you can only use cash in the U.S. So if you go into a retail store to buy marijuana, you cannot use a debit or credit card because the banks won't do business with the marijuana industry. In Canada, they are. And so if you buy marijuana at Mark's Emery's Marijuana Shop Mm. in Toronto or Vancouver... Which is illegal, by the way. that information the Americans can have access to if it's stored digitally in the U.S. Right. And, and you know, well, that's how the Ontario government is saying that they're going to sell the majority of their marijuana, at least at the beginning, because we only have 40 physical stores for the whole province. Uh, they're going to be directing people to the online sales. Um, and credit card data is, is a bit of a problem here. So if they stop you at the border, let's do a little refresher. You've been on the show before. If you're crossing the border once marijuana is legal and the border uh, border guard, border Officer. agent, yes, says to you, uh, have, have you ever smoked marijuana? What should your answer be? Well, so if you answer yes, you will be barred for life. If you answer nothing, then the worst that can happen. So if you, if you refuse to answer that question, the worst that can happen is, it, is that you can be denied entry. If you say no... And they can see online now through whatever, you know, Patriot Act mm-hmm. databases that they have access to. If they can see that you've bought it and you say no, now they can bar you for fraud or misrepresentation, which is also a lifetime ban. So it's a very, very difficult situation that many Canadians are going to be experiencing coming up when marijuana is legalized in Canada if they want to enter the United States. And Len, you're dealing with a lot of people. Uh, give us an idea of how many people that you're dealing with that have been banned. Hundreds. I used to deal 15 years ago when I first started practicing in northern Washington state, I'd see maybe one or two cases like this a year. When they legalized it in Washington state over five years ago, it went up to about one or two a month. I see at least one or two cases a week. A few weeks ago, I was retained by five people in the same week. And that's just me. I'm a solo practitioner in northern Washington state. There's thousands of other cases across Canada which are going to happen or have happened. There are uh, many people in the marijuana industry that actually could have problems when they're crossing the border as well. You have three new Canadian clients that work for an agricultural equipment company, and they were banned from life when they tried to cross the border to to sell a demonstration of to show a demonstration of a marijuana bud trimming machine. It actually wasn't a demonstration. Um, it was less than that. It was just going for business meetings, but. Here's an interesting situation I've seen within the last week or two. 
you know, in the United States, you can't take bank loans out or get any kind of loans for for the marijuana business. So a lot of U.S. producers are going to Canada to venture capital uh, funds to seek investment. So those individuals in Canada, whether they're the CEO or the CA or the CFO of that company, they could be banned from the U.S. if they if their company, which is invested in the United States and the marijuana industry. Um, if they're getting paid through their Canadian company, which is making money in the U.S., they're now deemed inadmissible from living off the veils of illegal drugs. Wow. Even though they're so legal seeing, here. Yes. I'm seeing a lot of executives now being interrogated or denied entry coming to the U.S. to go to business meetings, to, um, to operations, which their Canadian companies have invested in. Ontario has uh, contracted out uh, online ordering, as I said before, Len, but they're going to require the contract contractor, the store, whoever stores the data, they have to store it only in Canada. So um, they're not going to collect your date of birth information through the ordering process or verify age. They'll they'll just do that at the deli- at the delivery stage in- instead. When you you know here's your package, are you 19 or older? Uh, Nova Scotia has said that their purchases will be entered in as NS or NLC, NSLC, which is the Nova Scotia Liquor Commission, and that's how it'll show up. So they won't know if you bought, uh, you know, marijuana or if you bought um, liquor on your credit card. Should Ontario be, you know, maybe foregoing the uh, OCS label and going with LCBO when they sell I their marijuana? Yeah, I think I think I think the Ontario government should be doing as much as they can to protect Canadians living in Ontario who buy marijuana from potentially being denied entry because it's not usually just a simple denied entry, it's a lifetime ban from coming to the US. And you can get around that, but it's very costly, isn't it? Oh, it it it, it costs hundreds if not thousands of dollars. Um, it takes, you know, 6 months to a year to get the waiver and then you have to go through it for the rest of your life. Well, Len, what's the one thing in uh, 20 seconds or less you want to leave our listeners with? Well, just, you know, any, anyone who buys marijuana in Canada definitely don't have it in your car when you come to the U.S., so have no traces of it. If you ever ask the question whether you bought or smoked it in the past, you are under no obligation to answer that question. Saying nothing is, you know, is better than admitting and a lifetime ban. I'm not telling people to lie, but I'm telling people you do not have to answer that question. And what if they ask you the question again? What do you do? Do you just say, all right, I don't want to come, turn around? Exactly, exactly. That's much better, a simple denied entry, than being in the system of needing a waiver for the rest of your life. Len, I always appreciate you being on the show. You're a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. That's Len Saunders, who's a U.S. immigration lawyer in northern Washington state. Let your friends know about what you just learned from Len, because I think the Ontario government may be setting us up for a whole world of uh, travel nightmares.